0: Hey besties. Hey best friends. I hope you're all good. Um yeah, sorry for the slight delay in this episode. I don't know, I've been thinking recently maybe my upload day should be Friday. Is everyone okay with that? I don't know. I um mm, Thursday is such a weird day. Like, why did I think Thursday was the best upload day? And also, so many American people that listen to this podcast are like, I love that it comes out on Wednesday afternoon. I'm like, oh, that wasn't the plan. And then I forgot that time zones exist. So it's like. European people get it at like midnight 1am ish and then the US gets it mid-afternoon to evening on a Wednesday and then what does Australia get it like Friday? Time zones are fucking weird. Time zones have always been so weird to me though because I have so many like close friends who don't live in the same country as me and I'll be like morning they'll be at night and I'm like oh well And also because I wake up so fucking early. Like I wake up at 5 a.m. every day and they're like, Mary, I'm literally at the bar. And I'm like, wait, huh? I don't know. I know, because, okay, listen, I'm not stupid. I understand how the sun works, but why isn't the sun everywhere at the same time? Also, like, why doesn't everybody have the same currency? I don't like the way this simulation is set up. Anyways, let's do our weekly update. So I finished my exams. Um, I'm going to be so honest with you guys. There's one essay I just didn't hand in. And someone commented, I made a TikTok about it, and I was like, I'm not doing this essay, right? And someone commented on on my TikTok and then deleted their comment, but I'm quick. I'm quick. You think you're quick? I'm quicker. So I saw it before the comment was deleted. And they were like, Do you not care about your life? Do you not care about your grades? Do you not think that you're just wasting your education? Let me break this one to you. Nothing is real. I don't care about anything, okay? Especially not a fucking essay. And here's why. When I was younger, I put everything into schoolwork. Everything. So much so that I ended up in hospital three times from stress. Okay. I don't need to do that anymore. I've grown up. I've realized that no essay will ever, ever be more important than my mental health. Okay. And the reason I didn't do that essay is because, okay, in all fairness, I did leave it till the day before, but the day before came and I was in, I was in a bad situation. Okay. I have PMDD and I'm about to start my period and it's if you know, you know, like that shit is not fun. Like you really do be crying and questioning why you exist at 3am for no reason, for no fucking reason. And I was just like, nah, this, this essay alone will push me over the edge. So I didn't do it. So fuck you. If you think that that makes me a bad person, because I think it makes me a good person who's looking after themselves. Okay. And I don't care what anyone else has to say about it. Anyways. So besides that one essay, um, I did all my exams which is a glow up from last year. Cause last year I did not do all of my exams was in a worse place than I was a few nights ago at 3am. Um, so I didn't do all my exams, but this year I did. And yeah, I'm kind of proud of myself for a girl that doesn't attend lectures. I'm quite, I'm quite a genius. Yeah. Okay. Humble brag, big flex. Um, what else happened this week? Went to Cycle a lot. Duh. Um, Studios reopened. So I've been going to Pilates. I'm so happy that I can go to hot Pilates again. I'm so fucking happy because honestly, I do love yoga. I love hot yoga more than I love just regular yoga. But, um, I have a really bad attention span and I tend to get distracted by the smallest of things. And sometimes when I'm doing yoga, I'm just like, Oh, look at that fly. Oh my God. Look at that person's Lulu Like I just get so distracted if it's not in a dark room. And a lot of places don't do their yoga classes in dark rooms. I love a candlelit yoga class. If you're in New York, I think they've got one in LA and Chicago too, go to Y7 Yoga. That place changed the game for me. I remember this so clearly. I don't think I've mentioned this before. Maybe I have. I don't know. But uh, on my last day in New York last year, um, I like left my suitcase um, at my hotel and went to a soul cycle class in the West Village. And then I went to a Y7 yoga class. Um, ah, oh, I can't remember what one it was. What whatever one is like. I think it was maybe the Upper East Side. But yeah, that's beside the point. I went to this class and it was like 7, 8 a.m. And I had a cold brew in my hand. I remember walking in there and thinking, I don't want to go home. Like I belong here. I don't want to go home. And I was really, really sad about leaving. I was also really excited because I always miss my parents so much when I'm away from them. But yeah, I took this yoga class and they played Same Drugs by Chance the Rapper, which is one of my favorite songs in the entire world. And I just cried. Um, Yeah, I don't really know what the point of that story was. But yeah, I just love Y7 Yoga so much. The premise of it is basically that it's yoga, but to hip hop music. So that's why they were playing Chance the Rapper. They play like J. Cole, Drake. Amazing, like amazing vibes, amazing playlist. The instructors are all so powerful and so incredible. I also had never seen so much representation of people of color in the yoga community until I went to Y7. So that was amazing. And yeah, they do it. Oh, okay, this this was the point of the story. So at Y7 Yoga, there's no mirrors, and you do it in a candlelit room. And honestly, my love of yoga grew immensely from that moment onwards. And it's also hot yoga. Um, and yeah, I miss Y7 every single day. Like, if someone said to me what's one reason why you would live in New York forever, it would be Y7 Yoga. The fact that we don't have that here upsets me a lot. Because Yoga's fun and all, like I love it, I love how it makes me feel, but what's with the music? Like what is actually with that music? The whole like fucking elevator music sounds. To be fair, the hot Pilates class that I take in London um, plays good music. They don't play hip-hop, but they play like good music. But the difference between Pilates and yoga for me is that I tend to not be as distracted in Pilates because it's so... Like, it's so like workout based, you know, like in comparison to yoga, which is still a workout. People really underestimate what yoga does for your body. But I just love Pilates. I'm such like, you know, those 35 year old white yoga moms who hang out in Whole Foods. Like, that's me when I go to Pilates. I can't even lie. I'm always the youngest person in the class. Everyone's talking about their kids and like, oh, like little Danny boy has just gone into year seven. And I'm like, fuck me. Like, this is, this is not my crew. I love you besties I love you guys and they've always got like perfect manicures and pedicures and I'm like oh I bit off my acrylic today anyways I actually just came back from hot pilates I love it I love it so much oh I love it so much makes me feel so strong but yeah so that's what I've been doing I've been working out doing schoolwork chasing these gains chasing these grades kind of just been on some dumb energy shit I guess um, well, not dumb energy shit. I don't know why I use the word dumb to describe everything. But yeah, that's the weekly update. Uh, what have I been thinking about recently? So yeah, actually I've been thinking about the fact that nothing's real and I don't know why. I really don't know why because like obviously things are real, but to me, nothing seems real. Like it all comes back to me not handing in essays, which isn't a common thing. Mm, It has been in the pandemic, but it's not normally a common thing for me to not hand in an assignment or an essay or something because I just get really nervous about it and I just thought like if I don't hand in an essay like what's gonna happen like what is actually going to happen they're gonna make me redo it in August and that's it but you know like people get so panicked about it and I'm just like now at least I'm like oh fuck it like you just have to resit it in a few months like it's fine it doesn't do anything it doesn't affect anything and then like I went out the other night and I spent 250 pound on alcohol. Like I'm not happy about that decision, but I'm that person on a night out. Who's like, let me buy everyone's drinks. Let me go and like buy a couple of bottles for the fucking Uber ride or whatever. Like I just spend money like a dumb person when I'm drunk. And so that's exactly what I did. And also it was my dad's birthday and I like took him out. Cause okay. So on my birthday, we always go to the same bar and his birthday was in lockdown last year so we were like oh like let's just go and I was like everything's on me like drinks on me whatever dinner whatever and so obviously I couldn't be like hey bestie can you transfer me some money so I had to pay for it all and he deserves it he deserves it he's the best dad ever but now I'm broke um (laughs) but yeah so I was spending all this money and then I got upset about it because I was like oh my god I spent all this money on like alcohol and like food and stuff and I really don't Mind spending that much money on food. But yeah, I don't know why. I was just kind of bummed out. I was like, Mary, you're making money now and you're spending it like a fucking crazy person. And then I was just like, nothing's real. Like, we're all going to fucking die one day. And this is the thing. Like, I don't have a savings account. I opened one on my first day of uni and then I closed it the next week. And I don't know how to budget. Like, I have no money in my savings. Well, I don't have a savings account, but like, I have no money saved, right? My dad saved money for me. Uh, my whole life. And then he gave it all to me when I turned 18. No, when I turned 19. And obviously I'm very grateful for that because I, I don't have money. So that was a real, a real game changer for me. And I appreciate it so much. I know that I'm so lucky that my dad did that, but other than that, I've never had any savings and I just don't have a desire to save money. Because in my head, I'm like, well, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, why do I want to die with 10 grand in my bank account? You know, like I'd be, well, I'd be dead, but like I'd be pissed. I'd be so pissed. Like, I'm not saying go and buy every designer handbag, but like, don't say no to experiences because you're saving money. Unless you actually have to save the money, then obviously this doesn't apply to you but the way I see it, I'm just like experiences are never the same more than once, right? Like your friends can go out without you and then they'll say, oh, we'll do that again, but it won't be the same experience. And sometimes I get very in my head about things like that because I I often say no to going out because I don't like it but when I do go out I'm like oh I love these people because honestly I don't go out with people that I don't like I know I don't know I used to when I was younger I used to say yes to plans all the time and I would fucking hate myself in the morning because I'm the type of person who gets really drunk and then starts talking about how sad my life is I know I know no one wants a friend like me I get it but okay, okay, wait, 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 I made myself sound really bad. That's not what I do. I just get drunk and then I get like very um, profound. I often have like deep philosophical conversations with my closest friends. Nothing, nothing too deep. No one's trauma dumping, but I'm like, wow life is kind of sad sometimes, huh? And so, yeah, then I'd go out with people I didn't really know and I'd get drunk and, like, I'd try and have this profound conversation. And it just really wouldn't work. And I was like, oh, I fucking don't like this. So now I only really go out with people that I absolutely adore. And then I'm like, well, okay, you might have spent £250 on alcohol, but did you have a good time? Yes. Are you going to remember that for as long as you can? Yes. So it was worth it. I don't know. Because, like, I don't really buy that many clothes like in all seriousness within the last year or so I guess I've bought more clothes than I normally would in a year um and that was only because of the pandemic and I was just like I need deliveries so I can have something to look forward to something to just make me feel something you know so I would be on ASOS and Selfridges like I want this 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 and this and then when I got like my first big paycheck From doing, like, social media. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to treat myself because I never, ever buy myself anything, like, massively expensive. So I bought myself a mad happy crew neck, um, which is 150 pounds. And that was it. I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't need any more expensive clothes. I just wanted to treat myself to be like, you You worked for this money. Like, you really did. And you worked your ass off and you deserve it. And people have seen your talent. So treat yourself. But even buying it, I was kind of like, ah! Like, that's £150 on a fucking jumper. And if anyone's listening to this and they want to go and, like, comment on my stuff, like, you have a kith jumper too. Yeah, that was a present, okay? Like, honestly, anything... Like, people think that I spend money on clothes and stuff because I... Like, I have a fair amount of shoes and clothes but honestly any like my mom is a shopaholic my mom is a shopaholic she will buy things so unprovoked like she will just go out and come home and be like so I picked up all this stuff for you and I'm like god bless because then I don't have to buy them myself and also there is only one day in the year normally the pandemic is not a normal situation, so let's say pre-pandemic, there was always only one day in the year where I would go shopping, like actually actively go shopping and buy a shit ton of clothes and coats and stuff, and that's boxing day, because my dad and I came to this agreement a few years ago where he wouldn't get me a Christmas present but on Boxing Day I could buy whatever I wanted on his card. And so that would be the day that I bought like all my staples, all my essentials. I've never been the type of person who buys things season to season. It was only the other day that I found out that AW meant autumn winter in terms of fashion. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not the fashion icon I like to pretend I am. But my point is that like money has always been something that I've always felt bad for spending and I don't know why and now I'm trying to just tell myself that literally nothing fucking matters like we oh my god you've probably heard a million people say it but we live on a floating rock and I know that there are like certain certain things that you have to do like you have to pay rent or you have to pay your mortgage and you have to eat and stuff like that And in that aspect, we're kind of confined to obeying the rules. But when it comes to going out and spending money, if you have it, I just feel like you shouldn't feel bad because what if you died tomorrow? And I hope that I'm not manifesting this. Like if I leave my house tomorrow and get hit by a bus and this episode comes out, can no one, can no one laugh? Can no one say that like it was ironic? Because it was ironic, but none of you are Alanis Morissette, so I don't want to hear it, okay? But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to convince myself that like, it's okay to spend money, especially when like I'm earning it, but I'm just like, nothing's real. Like nothing, literally nothing is real. And I think, I say this has been a recent revelation, but I think it genuinely started like two, three years ago when I applied for student accommodation and didn't get it. And I was so miserable and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to uni. Like it's going to be so bad. I'm not living in a house with six people I've never met before, because that was my biggest fear. At that moment in time, that was my biggest fear. I was so scared that my university was going to be like, we're not giving you accommodation, go and find a house and live with five strangers. Because yes, that's what you do in student accommodation, but you don't have to talk to them. If you live with these people in one house, you have to speak to them. And I don't know anyone that's had a good experience moving in with five people they've never met. And so I was... Like I couldn't sleep. I genuinely think that summer I, I had such bad insomnia because I was so scared that I was going to have to live with people I didn't know. And, um, and then it worked out. I got given accommodation and my mom, the whole time she was like, Mary, it's going to be fine. Like everything's going to be fine. It's going to work out. My mom's very religious. So the point that she was coming from was like, God's got you. Like God's got a plan. It's going to be fine. So I was like, okay, like I'll just take this into my brain and flip it around and be like, the universe has got me. Like, the stars will align something will happen and it did and I got accommodation and the same thing happened the next year and I was like I'm not gonna panic I'm not gonna panic because it's gonna work out and it did work out I got accommodation and and then I was thinking the other day (laughs) um someone was like to meet Mary you're not immortal and I was like no I am like I am immortal and hear me out I know I'm not immortal okay but there are so many times that I should have died that I didn't And so now I'm just kind of walking around like, well, I've been given these chances, so I'm going to live life to the fullest. Okay. And I feel like all of these situations have kind of made me realize that we only get one shot at this life. Okay. Unless there's another life that I'm unaware of, but we only get one shot at this one, this current simulation that we're in right now. And things like money and things like school and these things that mean so much to us at specific moments in our life are all things that a lot of people make the sole purpose of their life, okay? And money's a tricky topic to speak about because it's, ve- it's a very sensitive topic for some people, which I understand, but I just think the way in which society paints money to look and, like, gives us this idea to live in the confines of, like, you can only spend money on essentials and you should feel bad for spending it on anything else, really stops people from treating themselves. And so we all have different definitions of what treating ourselves can be. But like I rarely socialize, like I rarely go out. And then I did go out like twice in one weekend. So both days. Okay, Mary, we get it. You drink a lot. But um yeah, I went out twice in one weekend. And I was, like, so mad at myself for spending all this money. And then I was, like, why are you mad? Like, especially right now when I have no financial burdens. Like, I don't pay rent. I don't have to pay my bills. Like, I don't have any. I don't have kids. I don't have anything. The money that I have is mine. It's a disposable income. And I felt bad for spending it. And I was just, like, oh, we got to sort this shit out because this isn't okay. You can't be feeling bad. I also have this, like, big it's not a fear actually because I'm not that scared of dying but I've always felt like I'm gonna die at 25 and I'm 23 this year so in my head my clock is ticking <laughs> so I gotta spend this money because I want to die with like zero 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 in my bank account like I don't want anything left over nothing not even a penny like I want nothing left over but yeah I said I'm not scared of dying and this is also something I want to talk about because people are always like oh you say you're not scared of dying and then when you're in that situation your body fights for you to stay alive yes I understand that that's an innate human response if you're drowning your body will try to keep you alive if you're in any deadly situation I guess your body fights for you to stay alive even if you don't want to but that's not your brain that's just your body like it's autonomous of your brain. I think there are fewer people who are scared of dying than they are scared of living. Wait, did I phrase that correctly? Like, I think more people are scared to live. And what I mean by that is that not just, not just to exist, okay? Because we all exist. We all are alive. But to live. Now I'm saying this out loud, I'm sure this is like a Nicki Minaj or a Drake song or some rapper's song. But my point still stands. I think that the fear of living is greater than the fear of dying because even though most people's fear of dying comes from the fact that they're scared of the unknown and what can happen after and then what happens to the people they leave behind, I think more people are scared to be their most authentic self because it means that not a lot of people will agree with them and I kind of came to this realization when I thought about how the education system kind of sets most people up to fail and what I mean by that is that there aren't really many courses that encourage you to, well, not, there's not many schools, if any, that encourage you to take non-traditional paths. And this has been something that I like to talk about a lot because I really do think that it would have been a very monumental thing for me if just one teacher said that I didn't have to go to university, but that never happened. Every school that I went to, I was told like, you do your GCSEs, you do your A-levels, you go to university, then you figure it out. And I acknowledge that that's a privilege. I acknowledge how much of a privilege it is to feel the pressure of going to university because there are some people who that could only ever be a dream for them. And so I acknowledge that. But I also think that it's, it's really important to let people know that going to university isn't the be all and end all of your life. And not going doesn't mean you're a failure. But you have these career advisors who I don't, one, honestly, who are they? Like, are they just random people who come to your school or do they work in the school and I've just never seen them? But they know nothing about you. They know nothing about you as a person. All they see are your grades on a piece of paper, your attendance, and like one comment from a random teacher who probably didn't even like you anyway. And they dictate where your life should go. And I remember when I went to my career advisor, I didn't want to hear anything she had to say, to be honest, because I already had it figured out. What I had figured out was not where my life headed. But when I was 15, I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Okay. And so I went to my career advisor and she was like, So where are you going to school? And I was like, "Mm, I'm doing dance, figure it out. Bye. And she was like, No, you're not. And I was like, "Mm, No, I am. I am. And then she was like, Okay, if you had to take an academic subject at university, what would it be? And obviously I kind of always knew I was going to do law. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do law. Like, if we're being serious. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. Maybe you should stick to dance. And I was like, bitch, you don't know me. You do not know me. Don't test me right now. And so I didn't listen to anything she had to say. And I've always had this self-denying prophecy. A lot of kids have a self-fulfilling prophecy, though. And I think that's the issue. If you tell a kid that they're not going to amount to anything because they don't want to go down your academic, traditional path that can fuck a lot of people up. And I don't think that creativity is explored enough in schools, which means that people just settle for jobs they don't want and careers they don't want and degrees they don't want. And I think that is the start of people fearing to live. Because for so long, creativity has been suppressed. And for so long, originality has been suppressed. And it's suppressed from the formative years of your life, the years that make you the person that you are, you're told that you shouldn't be that person because it doesn't fit what everybody else wants from you. And even things like writing, it's insane to me. And honestly, if I could see my English teacher right now, I would laugh so hard because there was a moment in my life where I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go into journalism. And you guys know, like, I love writing. I love journalism. If I could pick another degree and drop law right now, it would be journalism. Like, I'm obsessed with writing. And my teacher was like, mm, "No. Like that that's not for you. Like you have to be really, really talented and you have to know the right people." And I was like, "All right, whatever." And now I get paid to write for people. Like and I genuinely think that if she just shut her goddamn mouth and said, "Go for it," I could have realized that a lot sooner. And the reason why that pisses me off so much is I'm I'm obviously grateful that that's happened to me now and I've realized it and I'm still young and I've got time. That's fine. But my issue is with teachers who don't believe in kids because you don't lose anything from selling a kid a dream. Like what does anybody lose from making a kid believe in themselves? Nothing. If anything, we'd have more people in the world who were happy to live the life that they live because they got to chase the dream they always had. And even the word dream kind of feels like a distant thing, something that's unattainable, because that's the way the narrative's been portrayed. It's a dream. It's something that you can only dream about. It's not something that's gonna it's not something that's going to be a reality, which is so fucking sad. Like it's really sad. And there are so many schools, mine included, that just didn't do any artistic subjects. Like there was no funding for the arts, there was no funding for creativity. And it blows my mind because For some people, art is just as important as science is to other people. And the only reason it's portrayed to not be is because you're not going to get a medicine degree if you took like three art A-levels. But it doesn't mean that they're, they're not passions. It doesn't mean that it can't change someone's life. And I think I'm in a good enough position to say this because I am someone who's been like medically treated my whole life for a bunch of different things. But art has probably saved me just as much as medicine has. Like, I find so much comfort in so many different forms of art. And they have saved me from times when I've been in hospital. Like, I've sat in hospital wards reading poetry that's pulled me through. And before anyone says, oh, you're so dramatic, blah, blah, blah. No, there is evidence that if your body does not want to pull through, it won't. And do you know how I pull through after every operation I've ever had? I read a book. And my friends at the time of my operations knew this because every time I had one, they would give me a book. They would give me a new book and they knew it would pull me through. And we need more writers just as much as we need more doctors and we need more dancers. And that's another thing. Like, I always went to the theater with my dad, and it's always been such a comfort for me. It's always been a massive source of happiness for me. Going to West End shows, going to Broadway shows, has always been something that despite what's going on in my life for those two and a half hours everything's fine everything is fine and that's really powerful but for an institution of people to then crush those dreams from such a young age means that so many people become scared to reach their full potential and I think that fucking sucks and I genuinely 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 and I know I say genuinely a lot on this podcast but I genuinely believe that most people's fear of living comes from school and that annoys me it annoys me so much because why is that the case why is it that we go to this place to figure out who we are to leave a copy of what somebody else wanted us to be like how the fuck does that make any sense to anybody and don't even get me started on the amount of teachers who don't fucking care about students why did you become a teacher why did you do it for the paycheck is that it Because I could count on one hand how many teachers actually cared about my education when I was in school. And those are the teachers who made me the person I am today. They were a big factor in me being me. And it's because even if I thought they were harsh. And honestly all these teachers were quite strict. But they were in it for the right reasons. They wanted to see people succeed. And they gave everyone the best chance and gave us all the best options. And those are the people that shape the people who then go out into the world and live authentically. And they're, I don't know, I just, ah, uh, I love authenticity. I love when someone is just doing exactly what they want to do. And you can see it. You can see it really well. Because as much as everyone thinks that they can put on a cover and a show for everyone and a facade, you can, but it's always going to break. There's always going to be a part of you that shines through. And I love when I see people doing their jobs and they don't even feel like it's a job because you just look at them and they're having the time of their fucking life because that's what they were always destined to do. And they were so happy doing it. And it it just kind of, it just kind of sucks that there are so many people who, and out of no fault of their own, but there are so many people who just went into traditional, like quote unquote, traditional workforces because they thought that was the only way for them to get somewhere so anyway sorry i'm clearly quite heated about that but we'll move on swiftly has everyone listened to olivia rodrigo's new song olivia rodrigo am i saying her name correctly i'm sorry i don't mean to mispronounce her name she is an angel um but her new song ah fuck what's it called good for you has such such Paramore vibes And now Misery Business is, like, back in the charts again for the first time in ages. And Misery Business is honestly one of my favourite songs, like, ever. And I was talking about this with my bestie the other day, right? We were both, like, so emo in school. And being emo wasn't cool. Like, it was not cool. And it's only now, as an adult, I'm realising that being emo was the fucking coolest era of my life. And I'm saying this as someone who went to a teen angst ride yesterday. Um... Oh, and by the way, quick plug—or well, not a plug at all—but um, people often ask me, like, what classes to take at Soul Cycle and what instructors. Blah blah blah. Take Liv's Teen Angst Ride, okay? That is my fucking favorite class ever. And if you had an emo phase in school, go to that ride. You will feel so seen, so fucking seen. Because I remember when I was in school. I knew maybe two other people that listened to like All Time Low, um, Panic at the Disco, Pierce the Veil, Paramore, Fall Out Boy, Green Day, you know, like the good stuff. And it was just so not normalized to listen to that kind of music. Like you were seen as a freak. And this may be hard to picture, but everybody picture it. I used to have a side fringe and long black hair, like past my boobs, like pitch black hair and i would wear my black eyeliner on the weekends like my fishnet ties with my docks like i was so emo and now there's this new appreciation for it and i'm so fucking happy because it means that people won't feel left out for liking good music isn't that fucking weird liking good music was a reason to not be liked at school strange But there are so many things that have happened like that. Anyways, no, stay to the point. Anyways, yeah, so that new song, Good For You, has such, such Paramore vibes. And now like Misery Business is back in the charts and I'm just like, this is such a good vibe for summer. Like I hate summer, but if this is gonna be the vibe, I'm here for it. But also I don't understand how Olivia Rodrigo's music is so fucking good. And honestly, like I've never had a boyfriend, never been through heartbreak. Like I don't have a driver's license, none of that jazz. But the music hits so differently and i'm actually so young how is she writing so well like she is so talented it's crazy but i can't stop listening to good for you only because of that one like i listened to the whole song for the one part where she yells like a damn sociopath best best line ever very basic but the best line ever And yeah, I just need to get off my chest because I love that line so much, but kind of going back to what I was saying literally two seconds ago about things that weren't cool when I was younger being cool. Now it's just, oh, it's so amazing. Cause I remember like growing up having curly hair wasn't cool. I mean, I straightened my hair to a fucking crisp when I was in school because I thought that my curly hair was the ugliest thing in the world. And it was because like no one had curly hair, like everyone I knew that had curls straightened them and you're kind of like encouraged to straighten them that's that was the beauty straight hair was the beauty standard for so long and now having naturally curly hair is what so many people aspire to have and it makes me so happy because i'm like there are so many young people of color who get to grow up in a world where their hair is seen as beautiful and that's just amazing i mean there's still such a long way to go because there are also multiple different types of hair And people still get shamed for having like coarser, kinkier hair. But I think we're on a we're on a path to the right direction. A path in the right direction. Why did I say to the right direction? Anyways. Um but yeah, I just like I just love it so much. This is why people need to stop shitting on Gen Z because we're really doing something. The boomers might think that we're just stuck to our phones, and we are, but we're making change on those phones. We're really doing something. I'm proud of us. I'm also on the cusp of being a millennial, which I don't know how I feel about that. Not really a fan. What's a millennial? Like 1996? 1994? I don't know. But I was born in 1998. So I really don't feel like a millennial, but I also sometimes don't feel like Gen Z. And I know there's like, uh, there's a phrase for it. I can't remember what it is, but there's like a, a term for those of us who are in the middle. But I guess I'm just going to have to embrace being Gen Z. Because Gen Z is fucking cool. Gen Z is really cool. Oh, another thing I've been thinking about recently is... Like, why do people put you in awkward situations? Like, what goes through someone's mind to say something that then creates silence? Because I remember one time we had a fire drill in school. And honestly, like, I will never forget this. I have the hardest time remembering anything important in my life. But this one moment has never left my memory. So we had a fire drill in school and in my school you had to line up in the courtyards in your form groups in alphabetical order right so I'm always at the end like my last name's Stephen I'm always last in the register and I was in a new form temporarily um and I didn't I didn't know how the register worked because I was new to this form and so there was this girl that I didn't really speak to but she was standing next to me and I was like oh so cold like we could catch pneumonia and these teachers wouldn't even care and she was like yeah well my nan died of pneumonia what am i meant to say to that what am i actually meant to say to that and i don't know (laughs) i honestly don't know why it has stayed in my brain for so long because the whole day i was just like why did she say that like because now we're just standing in silence in this like hour-long fire drill because the vibe is just not there anymore you know i can't say anything else there's no there's no room for a new conversation And it just happens so frequently. Like, sometimes people say things and you're like, wait, what? Like, where do we go from here? I don't know. That was very random. I don't know why the fuck I added that into this podcast. But people do that so frequently. And then they don't, like, they don't laugh. And honestly, the ball is in your court. Like, if you produce the silence, you have to then say, like, so, moving on. Or something like that. But then, no, we just stood there in silence. Yeah. I don't know. Things like that bug me. Another thing that bugs me is, oh my gosh, I just make these things that bug me? Anyways, another thing that bugs me is, um, you know when people are like, oh, you're so annoying, or oh, you're so loud, or oh, you're so quiet, blah, blah, blah. Don't hang out with me then. Like, I don't get what's complicated about that. I think someone's fucking sweeping up outside. It's so loud. I really hope you can't hear that. There is literally a new type of background noise in every single podcast I make, but... I guess that keeps it real as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I had to take a quick break because someone thought that 2 PM on a Thursday was the best time to make noise outside my window. I respect it though. Thank you for keeping our streets clean, bestie. Um, but yeah, so I just don't get why people say these things in like negative lights towards other people because my opinion and my view of everything like that is that it genuinely costs nothing to be nice. It actually consumes more energy to be nasty to people and make people feel bad. And maybe some people don't have a conscience. I don't know. I don't know. But if I say something in a slightly rude tone, I apologize immediately. And even then, it lingers on my brain for the next 24 hours minimum. And I just don't get how people can try and make you feel bad for being who you are. I guess that's what this podcast is kind of about, like just being yourself, being authentically you. But I just don't get it. Like, why is that a bad thing? Why does it also imply that we should all be replicas of each other so we can all be everyone's ideal person? We're not going to be for everybody. And that is so okay. I think the sooner you realize that not everybody will like you and not everybody has to like you, the sooner you'll find peace with being who you are. Because I used to try and impress everyone. I tried so hard to impress everyone. I was a different person with every friend group and every friend I had because I wanted to fit in and I wanted them to like me. And then I realized I didn't even like me. And now when people are like, oh, you're so outspoken. Yeah, bitch. And I fucking love it. And I'm going to be outspoken about this exact situation and that's what I'm doing right now on my podcast. But I don't know. I just think it's so strange. Like why make people feel bad for the person that they are? We've all been through such different things that shape us into the person we've become. It's really not your place to judge someone on how they portray themselves. Even if it's not someone that you vibe with, no one's forcing you to be their friend. Like literally nobody is saying that you have to be someone's friend. The same goes for family. You don't have to call someone family just because you're blood related. My dad always used to say to me, blood might be thicker than water, but so is yogurt. And the man's right. The man is right. My dad and I are very similar in that aspect. We don't have big families. Family isn't everything to me. My parents are my world, but they are also the only family I have. So, you know, it's a bit of a sticky one there. But like... I know so many people that wouldn't call other family members their family because they're like homophobic or they're racist or they're just fucking horrible people. That's okay. Like you're never going to be for everyone in the same sense that not everybody is for you and that's fine. You just need to draw the line and find a boundary because boundaries don't always keep you trapped. Sometimes they keep the correct people out. Like it's a healthy boundary to be like, I don't want that person in my life and you don't have to justify it. And then you need to remember that some people will feel that way about you. And honestly, if you're a control freak like me, it might throw you off. You might try and do everything you can to make someone like you, but sometimes you just can't. People will form opinions on you based on things they've heard, based on how they perceive you. These things might all not be true, but you really can't spend your whole life trying to make someone like you. And... I mean, when I was, uh, well, not that much younger, but when I was like 17, people would always tell me that being outspoken on politics made me like unattractive and made me not someone that guys would like to date. And I'm so grateful that I realized immediately that I didn't need those people in my life. And I was speaking about this to my friend the other day, actually. I find it so weird when people have friends that they don't speak about those topics with like politics and feminism and life and inequality and they're not really that profound but let's go with it let's say the profound topics of life because those are really important in knowing who someone is like I will never ever date someone who voted for Trump ever I won't even be friends with someone who voted for Trump because that says so much more about you than anything that you can say out loud will tell me because what that man stood for was a shit ton of xenophobia. Racism, sexism, just every type of inequality, and if you could sit there and be like, "Yeah, I voted for him and I slept well at night," Mm -mm. it's a no go. It's a no go, and that's why when people are like, "Oh yeah, like I'm married to a Republican but I'm a Democrat," what the fuck do you talk about at the dinner table? What the hell do you talk about? Anyways, that was that was a big tangent. Sorry, but yeah, you're never always going to be liked by everyone, and that's okay. That's okay. Just make sure you like you. And I will yell that in every podcast episode I ever make. Okay. You need to like you first before you look for the validation of being liked in other people, because not everybody's going to like you. And not everybody owes that to you. Not everybody owes you friendship. Not everybody owes you their interest. And yeah, sometimes it hurts because you're like, what the fuck did I do? And that's okay. You didn't do anything. We're not all made to click, but do not make someone else feel bad because they don't fit the requirements you need in your life. That's not okay. That's unacceptable. You just need to accept that people are different and then you can be like, oh, they're okay. Not my vibe though. And that's fine. Like I don't really have a lot of friends who are extremely high energy because that's just not me. Like it makes me feel very like shaken up and kind of anxious when I'm around people like that. It doesn't mean that I don't like those people they're just not my closest friends. Do you see how it's done? You just say, okay, we're not meant for each other, but I respect you as a human and I'm not going to invalidate the person that you are, the person that you've become or the person that you're going to be because it's not my fucking business. That's a big thing. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of shit is not their business. Nobody owes you anything. You don't owe anyone else anything and nobody owes you anything. Okay. On that note, we're going to leave it here, besties, because um I think my mom's coming home soon and I don't want her to hear me filming, recording. Maybe one day I'll get that right. I don't want her to hear me recording this podcast episode because then um, I'll like start to get a bit quiet and I'll lose my train of thought because I'll be thinking about the fact that she can hear me. Not that I say anything bad. Um, I just, I like to be extremely free when I'm recording this so I can be extremely authentic I'll love you and leave you besties. Sorry about the delay of this episode. Um, it'll be back to normal next week. Maybe Friday will become my posting day. Maybe we'll do that. Because Friday seems like a cool day. Maybe I'll bring back Thursday in the future. Because I can't ever stick to one thing. But yeah. Thanks for listening. I love you. Have a great week.